Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN. I'm here with NEC's president, Dan Nichols. This month, we have Pat Linnell with us. Dan, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to have Pat on the podcast. So I have this friend, and her name is Sue Cagley. If you don't know her, you need to know that she is the best history professor on the planet. A lot more I could say about that. But she sends me this info on something called Grace Bomb. And I was like, Grace Bomb? Like, what the heck is that? Never heard of it before. Looked into it. Seemed pretty cool. And then a a long time later, met Pat Linnell through a connection with his church in Maryland. And it turns out he's actually the grand poobah of Grace Bomb. And I was like, no way, that's crazy. So my wife, Joy, and I got to spend some time hanging out with him and his wife, Kristen, down in Maryland. This guy is a killer communicator. He's also launched a movement that is empowering believers to get real about grace. So uh, I read his book uh, the last couple of weeks. He just launched it. It's tremendous. I'm so pumped that we got to get some time with him for Dense in the Darkness today. Oh, that is awesome. Pat, I want to have you kind of introduce yourself to our listeners, give a quick overview of your family, your personal story, and your pastoral experience. Great, Tim. Awesome to be with you. Thanks for dropping that fresh beat in the beginning of this <laughs> podcast. Got my head on right. Uh-huh. I'm ready to rock and roll now. Make That's some good. dents in the darkness. <laughs> so I have been married about 18 years to my amazing wife, Kristen. We were high school sweethearts. We have four kids together, two boys, two girls, ranging from you know elementary age up to middle school. Hmm. So we're kind of living that dream I never thought I'd be in. I'm taking kids to soccer and lacrosse and ice hockey. And I always thought those parents were out of their minds, but here I am. You rocking the minivan, Pat? I don't just drive a minivan, Tim. I rock a minivan. (laughs) And this minivan is pretty much falling apart right now, honestly. It's got like 245,000 miles. Oh, my gosh. And the brakes are, they sound terrible. And there's all kinds of things wrong with it, but it's keeping my kids humble. They do not want to show up anywhere in the minivan. My guys, this is... This is living. It's You're becoming more like Jesus every day. <laughs> <laughs> we got to trust him to get to point B. So yeah, so we have a pretty fun family life going on. And I've had the privilege of serving in vocational ministry for about 20 years now. Say it ain't so. Hmm. Uh, but I did a pastoral internship at a church where I really started to take Jesus seriously fresh out of college, hmm. which ended up in the latest run of me being a teaching pastor at a church here in the mid-Atlantic. And so I've kind of seen the highs and the lows of, of pastoral life and ministry, ins and outs of leading and being led. And really, I just love the bride of Christ. I love the church and I want to see her thrive and rise to her fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Like while we're here in this generation, while we have energy, yes. let's try to you know, not to belabor the name of this podcast, but let's seriously make some dents in the darkness. Let's go. Absolutely. Now, Dan alluded to the book, Grace Bomb, which launched on May 1st. Mm -hmm. Why is this ministry and the movement so important to the body of Christ? Well, as a side note, the book was really a, a byproduct of the, the movement and the stories and everything we saw happening. So is this a which came first, the chicken or the egg here? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like I had an idea for a book, but it was really lame and it was probably not nothing people would want to read. But when, when regular attenders, just 
you know, your typical not in church leadership people were really starting to exercise their faith muscles and break the ice with their neighbors and step mm. out and share the stories of how they were led by the spirit. And when we heard stories from the community who weren't, you know, believers or in church about how they're being impacted, I was like, okay, this is worth telling. And this movement is worth sharing. Yes. So I think you guys, we might need to tell everybody what it is. I was just about to ask, (laughs) what is the Grace Bomb movement? The Grace Bomb movement is simply breaking the ice with your neighbor with a surprising gift of your time, treasure, or talent. But unlike a random act of kindness, Grace Bomb says there was a source behind this kindness and he has a name and it's Jesus. Mm. And the you know, what you experience is just the tip of the iceberg of when it comes to God's personal and soul satisfying love. And, you know, we have these little grace bomb cards and an interactive website where we can hear stories of what happened or what happened to you. And that allows one next step for somebody interested or intrigued to say, Hey, okay, that felt great. Number one, that was cool. And if I didn't have the opportunity to ask that person why you did that or where did this come from? But I have this card. It's kind of like a backstop where they are, they can see that it was motivated and implicated by Jesus. Mm. And as cool things started happening in the community, because these were like every day and any day from a leadership perspective, we didn't have to create an event. We didn't have to do a community service project. We didn't have to serve the city, hashtag love your name, you know, all of that. Right. We simply gave people cards and their commission and reminded them who they are in Christ and a way to share. And we had fun telling their stories. Mm. While we saw cool things happen in the community, what hit me was that this is first and foremost a tool of discipleship for the church. Mm. Yeah. Because this is a believer starting to kind of put their toe in the water towards the great commission, you know, cause I've the past, you know, decade or so plus in ministry, I can stand up there and I can preach Matthew 28 and I can wax eloquent about you guys are missionaries and, you know, maybe they might go on a short-term trip or something like that. But Grace Bomb gave us a way to give people training wheels, mm. if yeah. you will, on the road to the great commission, something that, they can just be led by the spirit and have a way to perhaps get over that fear of taking the first step. I love how you bring up discipleship because I I talk about this a lot where discipleship is becoming more like Jesus. And there's so many people who think they're in this process of discipleship, but their hearts are growing colder to people far from God. And Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, if your heart's getting colder to people far from God, you're not in discipleship. You're in some other thing because if you're becoming more like Jesus, you're going to love people far from him more. And that's why what I love about how this is different than random acts of kindness. What you're doing is you're providing the church with a discipleship tool Mm -hmm. because evangelism and discipleship are one in the same. They're not these separate entities. It's all part of the same process. Yeah, I think that's right on. Now, you've often mentioned taking Jesus seriously, and Mm -hmm. uh, that is one of the aspects of the book that you talk about, and you give practical ways for people to take Jesus seriously. How is that helpful for the people who might be reading? Well, I feel like, ultimately, it's helping people get after their purpose in life. Mm. You know, when you think about our purpose, you know, we have a lot of roles to play. We're moms and we're dads and we're sons and we're daughters and we're coaches and we're 
we're athletes on a team and we have all of these multifaceted roles for us to play. But ultimately, why are we here on this earth? We're here on this earth to walk with and to know and to be rightly related with our creator. That's why we're here. And so Jesus is the creator. He's the agent in creation. You know, it's, he was active in that whole process of when God spoke the universe Mm -hmm. into existence. And so to take Jesus seriously in so many ways is to start to walk in your purpose of knowing God and walking with him. And then we're told that, God has prepared these good works in advance for us to walk in as his workmanship. And so as his newly created poem, and when we can do those things, taking him seriously, Mm. we're filled because we're, we kind of get to do what we were made to do. You know, like my minivan, we joked about it, but my (laughs) minivan, uh, it's doing what it's made to do. Mm -hmm. It's hauling Six kids, it's all in drywall, it's falling apart, but it's doing what it's made to do. And if my minivan had a soul, it would say, I'm singing, I'm singing to you, brother. <laughs> and when love. we get to take those steps of faith, our soul starts to sing because it's like I was made for them. Yeah. And, and you've been on that journey as I've as I've seen in the last year or so. You've been on that journey yourself where you were called to be a teaching pastor and God's led you in a different direction. How has that journey been? Has it been scary at times? Has it been difficult at times? Like, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, Both, I think. And so, yeah, and it's cool, Dan, that you can have some of my backstory there because I had essentially worked myself into the dream job. I was teaching the Bible at a large church and I somehow figured out how to manage no staff, which is kind of unheard of, like in a larger church. Mm. And I would get up and preach the Bible and people would bring me vanilla lattes in between the gatherings and I was living the dream. And then 2019 rolled around when we had invented Grace Bomb at the church. We did the cards, we did the website and it was kind of going like crazy. And in 2018, it hit all 50 states. And then in 2019, the question was, is Grace Bomb going to be a hobby for me, like a little side thing or... Am I going to follow the call that Jesus was laying on my heart to push this thing into the world? And the, the hard reality was I couldn't do both things. And it was almost like God was saying, I need you to unpry your hands from the pulpit and I need you to release that. Mm. Like I need you to kind of put that on the altar, so to speak. It was like my little Isaac moment, you know, like mm. put this thing on the altar. It was a good thing. God was using it. And really my fear, you know, like talk about fear, if we can get real. My two fears were, and I'm going to alliterate, not because I'm a pastor, but just because it makes sense, that I feared for my provision and I feared for my platform because I was getting paid nice salary. And to do Grace Bomb and work for a nonprofit that I just started, there was no salary. It was like, okay, what's this going to look like? It's a support-based ministry. And the second thing was my platform because Bay Area was like a pretty decent church with a pretty decent broadcast yeah, the reach, reach is, is wide uh, with multi, you know campuses and the internet and all of that other stuff and i was like okay lord i'm not guaranteed anything cuz there was no book like there was no book publisher mm-hmm. in 2019 there was an idea that i should write this book get it done but there was no guarantees but i felt like this was the next right step of faith to take that's all i knew mm-hmm. yeah. and 
honestly, I probably wouldn't have taken that step of faith without the encouragement of my wife. She's an adventurous dreamer, amazing woman. I tend to be more introverted and shy and don't want to rock the boat, but she's just, you know, one day she was just like, Pat, it's now or never, buddy. Like, if you don't go two feet in with Grace Bomb, then it's just going to be a hobby. And, you know, the way she communicated that to me, it was like tough love because she, I had a board meeting coming up for this nonprofit and she's like, I'm not going to it. I was like, what do you mean you're not going? You're the co-founder. You gotta go. And she said, no, man, you guys are going to talk about all the same stuff again. And it's going to be the same thing. And you're not really going to be committing to what you're talking about. And I said, okay, lady. You're right. You're right. So uh, yeah, 2019 I had to make that hard call to step down and that was scary, but it's been my experience both then and you know other faith steps like it in the past. My head hit the pillow at night and I didn't exactly know where provision was coming from or what platform was going to unfold, but I slept well because I felt like I had obeyed Jesus. Now, you've been pretty real to us, Pat, about uh, your wife pushing you and all that. Yeah. Let's get real. What did it feel like when you got that first box of books in the living room? Oh, man. Well, it felt great. But you know, yeah. And you know what felt even better than that first box was when I found out that David C. Cook, uh, we go go way back Mm because my grandmother used to get Sunday school curriculum from David C. Cook. Sure. Oh, wow. And I loved how Cook, from a publishing standpoint, really thinks through discipleship resources. Yeah. So I was like, this is perfect because this thing is for churches. And I was in a, a copy and print store and I got an email on my phone. It was like November, a couple of years back. And it was the, congratulations, David C. Cook is going to publish your book. And my jaw dropped and I just stood there and it was like a holy moment. And people were trying to talk to me and I was like (laughs) comatose and I was blanking out. But then I had a month before Christmas and this was the real fun surprise. I took that email, I printed it out and I put it in a box and I gave it to Kristen on Christmas morning. You didn't tell her for a month? I know I had to hang on to this. That's crazy. She opened it. She screamed. She cried. She was just so happy because... She knew that we, you know, we stepped out in faith and along comes this publisher by doors that God opened. It was such a cool surprise. So that we were just like, just dancing around. That was so fun. And that is the mother of all secrets there to keep for a month. Oh Oh, my goodness. I got to surprise her when I can, you know, after 18 (laughs) years, it's like, how am I supposed to keep this romance going? Uh And what kind of surprises can I do? But yeah, but then, you know, 18 months later, you, the the books show up mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Now you've got it now and it's out there. You've also had history, obviously before the book came out, what are some wins that you've had from the grace bomb? Oh man. Well, well, I've had personal God wins along the way with some of the stories that we've seen because we have this website. We capture stories from both grace bombs dropped and received. So I've seen given my purview, cause I have the big Excel sheet of all the stories that come in that we mm. can check them out and everything before we share them and whatnot. I've seen people's prayers being answered mm. in both the giving and the receiving. So for instance, there was a mom who explained how she had grace bombed a mother and a daughter who had a mental handicap as she's leaving Sam's club one day. It's like, Oh, that was really sweet. But then a week later, the mom in her own little universe, because she had the grace bomb card, goes, finds her way to the website, shares her side of the story 
she was saying the the pantry was running thin. She was trying to you know squeeze by and make it stretch. And she was praying as she's leaving Sam's Club. And here comes this woman who just out of the blue grace bombs her. Mm. And so I'm seeing like these prayers being answered, which is so cool. And I've seen some of these stories in the book itself, but I've seen people come back to a faith in Jesus or reinvestigate him for the first time because when they encounter this coolness of his grace, it's like God's leading edge is kindness. And when that hits you just a little bit, you start rethinking maybe your misconceptions about who God really is. And so I've seen great things like that happen. But one very recent win, Tim, since you asked, since the book came out. So the book has some grace bomb cards in the back where you can tear off. And as you're led by the spirit, drop grace, point them to Jesus. Yeah. So that was like super cool. So this is the story of the first grace bomb card from the book that I know of that got dropped. It hit very close to home. It was from my cousin, Molly. So when the book came out, everybody that pre-orders the book, they're all on their, you know, phone, social media, and they're like, snap, you know? (laughs) And so we have all these pictures going around the fam and Molly, my 27 year old cousin, she sees all of this happening and she's getting these text messages and I didn't know, but she was very anti what I was doing, very Mm -hmm. anti doing all this stuff for Jesus, very anti grace bomb book, very much. This is not going to help anybody. And she was also wrestling with a personal hardship and darkness in her life as well. Mm. I didn't know any of this. So she text messaged me just about two weeks ago, actually, yesterday. She says, I need to talk to you and Kristen. I need to talk to you in person. We're like, okay, something's going down, something heavy. So we go meet at a park and we're sitting down with her. And she's like, this is really hard for me to do. I felt like I need to give this to you face to face. So we're buckling up. We're bracing. and. She goes on to say how she picked up the book to write a diss track about it because she got her mom's copy and she's like, Pat, I just wanted to tell you how bad this is and how much Oof. I hate it. And you've been wasting your time. Wow. And so we're like, okay, whoa. And then she says, and then I got to chapter three. Now chapter three, I put in the book, it's about the master bomber. Really all I want to do is chapter three is portray Jesus as he loaded by his incarnation, as he listened obediently to the father and as he let her go on Calvary. And it really, it wasn't so much my words of the book, but like, seriously, the power of God and the Holy Spirit broke in Mm. to this girl's life. And we're at this picnic table and we're starting to cry and we're hugging and she's telling us sobbing over tears how the Lord met her. And it was like, no kidding, John three, born again moment, her and her dog in a bedroom. She finishes the book at 5 a.m. in the morning and like literally she comes to faith in her bedroom yes. and she's opening up about how she was bullied. She's taught, she told us how, what was in her mind a few years back when she was going to attempt suicide and how the Lord is bringing all these things out. And it was so deep and profound and powerful. It was like, okay, Lord, if nothing else happens, mm. thank you. Mm. Mm. And it was so personal and it hit so close to him and it was not fake and it was not put on. And the next day she texts and she's like, Pat, I think I should get baptized. I was like, Molly, (laughs) let's do it. And so I just happened to be going back to the home church because of the book launch and coming out, 
for preaching. And I was like, Hey, can we baptize? You're like, yeah, we're going to, we can do that on May 16th. So just two days ago, Molly was baptized Mm. and we Mm. shared a part of this story. And she told people about her mental illness and her basically hating on me behind my back, but not to my face. And I'm still on cloud nine because, you know, it's awesome when you see people come to faith, but man, um, this was such a shocker for me because we thought we were just going to go there to hear about how bad it was and how she still hated it. But now the Lord broke in. But after a a year and a half, that feels like all we hear about is bad news, right? It's like we lose sight of the fact that God is changing lives. He's doing great things and he's using movements like Grace Bomb to do it. It's Mm -hmm. so cool to see this. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. He's on the move. And when you, when you can just be in, in proximity to where he's working, yes, it is so life giving back to that purpose, right? It's like, why, why take Jesus seriously? Well, do you want to live a life of an adventure? Mm-hmm. Let's start taking Jesus seriously because that's where it leads. Absolutely. My, my Twitter handle on my, my Twitter, I have uh, not just living my life. I'm living an adventure. And the only person I want to live that adventure for is Jesus because it is, it's a wild ride to hear stories like you just told, Pat. So, so exciting. Now, when you talk about the Grace Bomb, and, and I think people are kind of getting an idea of what the Grace Bomb is, you, the idea of pay it forward or random acts of kindness, and you actually mentioned basically Romans 2.4, which talks about his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's mm-hmm. way bigger than just a random act of kindness. How is it different? Number one, when it comes to listening to the command of Jesus, there's nothing random about that. Mm. Simply, grace bombing is a movement of obedience to Jesus. Yeah. And in particular, starting with when he says to love our neighbors, you know, the light of the world, letting our light shine. People would share good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. So number one, Jesus isn't random. Yeah. And then number two, Ephesians 2.10 does tell us like we were made for this and there's divine appointments in our everyday walk of life. Also not random. I understand it might seem random because God might put a stranger on your heart or a random person on your heart, or you've never done anything like this before. So it might feel kind of random, but this isn't random. This is intentional. Mm. This is spirit-led, spirit-born, and we might not always know or get to see the reasons for it, but you know, maybe, maybe you grace bomb somebody. Maybe it's something simple like you hear about on the radio sometimes. I paid for that guy's meal, and you left him a grace bomb card. Maybe that was like touch number one for that person, but maybe it was like touch number seven, and that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Like that was their third sign of the day. They'd been praying for a sign and then bam, all of a sudden God uses you in a way to point people and to push them a little closer to Christ. Like this is a, this is a fun thing because Hey, as soon as you step outside and even inside your own house, there are opportunities everywhere. So dude, God's using this in big ways. Uh, how can pastors and churches get connected with you? Uh, where are you taking this? Where are you going? Tell us a little bit more about how uh, people can get involved. Great. So Grace Bomb is also a nonprofit that exists to equip churches with this discipleship tool. And we're coast to coast. Actually, we're off the coast. We've have, we have had two churches over in America, Samoa, I think it is now. Nice. So couldn't be a part of those in person, but that would have been really fun. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're coast to coast. And we think through a three-year process, if you will. Year one is launching Grace Bomb. 
churches and people just getting to do it a few times and getting to know about it, something new. And where does it come from? Well, it's our identity in Christ. We're grace-built people. And how do we overcome our fears? And what does it look like? And what should we do? There's a season of exploration for that. But then we get into a second season and we provide sermon series, outlines, uh, study guides, discussion, weekly devotionals, all on a mobile app. And it's all free. So it's all free. Uh, But then in year two, we dig a little bit deeper into how does this affect the awareness of my neighbors, being more incarnational, my prayer life, discerning the prompting of the Holy Spirit, stewardship and generosity. We need to talk about that. Like I'm giving my time. I'm giving some of my treasure. I don't want to go broke. Like I don't want to throw Dave Ramsey out the window while I'm living my grace bomb dreams. (laughs) And then we really need to talk about can people, you know, regular attenders in churches, can they articulate their faith? In a, you know, could they share the gospel? And so we want to help equip churches with that as well. And so that's the second season, all while things are happening and stories are being shared. And then finally, we come back to kind of take the training wheels all the way to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to say, all right, let's say you've been grace bombing. It's been super fun. You've, you've grown more comfortable outside of your comfort zone. Somebody is really interested in Jesus now in your little sphere. Now what? So we mm-hmm. asked the question, can you disciple a couple of people and can you teach them to, you know, learn and obey all that Jesus commanded? Uh, and what does that look like? And that's really the heart of our final year with Grace Bomb, because it takes, it takes a while for, for church people to make something less random and more routine to more relational with people. Mm-hmm. So we want, we want to give that time. So we partner with churches. We give all of these resources away for free. It's really good stuff. We have a crack team here, um, a crack staff team. And by that, I mean, blue chippers, awesome team with me. And we just love, love equipping churches. I love how you say simplicity spreads. And I think mm. that's really one of the cool things that Grace Bond brings to the table is it's really not complicated, but we are experts at complicating the simple. And so you, th- this is a, a great way to give something that is simple and see it spread, which it is. And I hope more churches and leaders will get on board with it. I think that'd be really awesome. Yeah. And, and okay, here's the mini challenge for you. Get yourself a grace bomb card and we'll send you gracebomb.org. We send them all around the country. They're free or they're in the back of the book, right? Take one with you and go live your day and be prayerful and aware of your neighbors asking the Lord as you're out and about and see what happens and see what happens inside your heart all of a sudden you have an opportunity in front of you. And then as your palms are sweaty and you know, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know. And you have the opportunity to take that little step of faith, no matter what it might be. How does that feel? That's what it feels like when spiritual muscles are starting to grow. And it mm. is simple. Mm. It's so simple, Pat, that kids can do it. Now you've got kids. How do they feel kids. about the whole grace bomb thing? My kids are always trying to grace bomb people. And, you know, we, we sponsor many of these for them. But what I've noticed with kids is you can help make this a tool of discipleship for your kids mm. because they'll have an idea to grace bomb. And I'm like, great. And I can give you some examples, but just generally speaking, I'll say, great, we're going to do it. But first, let's take a week and let's pray for that person because we're going to see him again, because it's like somebody they see, you know, on a regular basis. Let's pray for that person. If we don't know their name, let's learn their name and pray. And so all of a sudden, we kind of d- we dove into the prayer part before we even get to the grace bombing. And 
maybe we'll take a little more time and learn their hobby or something that they're into so we can start to tailor make some fun surprise for them. Uh, And we've gotten a little bit more in depth, if you will, in some of our family grace bombing adventures. But, you know, in the beginning, we were pretty messy with this whole thing. I can remember we were in the minivan and my son, Jackson, this is probably three years ago, he took a dollar out of the center console. (laughs) We were on the highway and he just threw it out the window. And we were like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just grace bombing whoever's going to find that. Out. And we're like, all right, Jackson. Okay. We get the spirit of the thing, but we have, we got to be a little bit more spirit led because, you know, we do want to act on the prompting of the spirit in us when he illuminates these opportunities. Man, what an awesome thing to excite your kids about sharing the gospel. Yeah. yeah. That's just phenomenal, and and it really is that easy. And I know for guys like me, I'm an introvert. I have to step out of myself to do that. I've got an extroverted daughter. She is so good at this. My mom, super extrovert. I've learned from them to step out of my comfort zone. Grace Bomb's a great way to train your kids to step out of their comfort zone. Yeah, and, and train yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I agree. I mean, give me a microphone. I'll, I'll spit some stuff, but don't put me in a crowd of people. Yeah. I don't know what to say. You and me both. I need training wheels. I just need a little icebreaker. And then when somebody says, what is grace bomb? Then I can just sort of get into, well, well, we get a lot of grace from God and he tells us to love people. And I just want you to feel the love today. Yeah. And who knows where that conversation might go. And one of the things I would say too, especially to pastors listening, is that the only real way to have this spread is you have to live it yourself. So I love that you said train yourself because I know I'm a pastor and so often I get so busy doing a lot of really good things and I'll go a whole week without interacting with any unbelievers. And we need to get regular rhythms as pastors where we are living life with unbelievers, where we are grace bombing, where we're doing these intentional promptings of the Holy Spirit to be loving and show the love of Christ with people who don't. Because it's one thing to tell our people you know, be generous, get out there, sacrifice your time, hang out with unbelievers. But when they never see us doing it, why would they do it? Right. So again, this is for all of us, this tool and, and the book, especially, I mean, I'll, I'll plug your book, dude. It's, it's killer. <laughs> it's killer. You're not, you're not like selling it, which I, I get, but man, it's like, I've read a lot of books. I've read hundreds of books. This is really, really good. Dang, Dan, that means a lot, buddy. That's the Lord. I think the stories from the movement and then some of the stories from my life where I tried to be more real, obviously, because, you know, I can tell you all the good stuff that I've done, but in reality, I've blown it more than I've done good. And so I think we need to also put that out there because we got to keep, we got to keep that real as well, especially as leaders. And if, if you have the mantle of the pulpit in your community, I would just say, lead out with vulnerability and when you yes. fail, put it out there, you know, appropriately yeah. because we're just human beings in need of grace. Mm. And this is, this is why it's like, it all comes back to grace because we have these good works prepared for us in advance, but we don't always follow through and we don't always, you know, hit home runs, but there's grace and we get to walk with Jesus through it. And so even through our failures, we're, we're pointing people to the gospel because we point to the, our need for it. Yeah. And I love that you did that in the book. Like you, if you haven't read the book, you should read it. And in there, you'll read stories of Pat just getting real about how 
you know, you haven't taken advantage of opportunities and how you have, uh, you know, been fearful and all of that wrestling, like you're very candid about that. And I think that's part of why I love the book so much is like, it's not this, Oh, Hey, I'm Pat. I was a teaching pastor for a long time. I got this figured out. Let me tell you how to do this. It's totally like, here's my journey. I've really struggled with this, but I've also seen incredible fruit and God's just taking it way further than I ever dreamed. And the stories are just unbelievable. It's so, so cool. Isn't that what the scripture does too, though? It takes the real, I mean, you know, you look Hmm. at life of David or you look at, I mean, these guys had some major failures (laughs) and yet God used them mightily. Yes. The disciples, I mean, what a mess some of those guys were. <laughs> if you've ever watched The Chosen, you know, you get to see a little more than yeah. we, we necessarily see in the scripture. But we can see that these guys were very real, and we appreciate you being real, Pat. Uh, I'm going to mm. steal something for you. How can we prayer bomb you? Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh, um, that's, that's so nice of you to prayer bomb me. And I would covet your prayers in asking the Lord to open the next right doors for the churches to launch Grace Bomb. Because mm. that we really get excited. We partner with the church, we give them all the resources, we fan their flame. And I guess there's a lot of ways to get word out, but I kind of want the Lord to direct these things so that our investments are the right investments. So I would say that the Lord would open the right next doors for the Grace Bomb movement. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're going to have in our show notes the way that people can contact you and also the website. There's such great resources there that you want to take advantage of. You've done such a great job and obviously putting a lot of thought into exactly how this was done, including having all these resources available for free on the mm-hmm. website and the three-year plan. I love that as well. It's it's not a short-term thing. It's not a once and done. This is a lifestyle that you can develop of evangelism, of grace bombing those around you. And we appreciate the work you've done. And we're glad that you've been listening to Dense in the Darkness from NEC, a church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy and evangelizing churches. We hope that you'll share this with someone else and let them know how this has impacted you.